All right, open your Bible to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. So, we're not going to go through the entire book of Revelation. I wanted to come here today in Revelation chapter 1. In fact, in your Bible reading challenge that in just a few days, you're going to begin reading the book of Revelation. We're going to read completely through the book of Revelation as part of our Bible reading challenge. And by the time we get to the end of this month, you will have read through the entire book of Revelation. Then in September, we're going to start the Bible reading challenge over, and we'll read through the entire Bible together in nine months. So I hope you join us. Um, It's a worthy endeavor. Here in Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to read to you verses 4 through 8. And what I want to do today is drive home this truth. Just what I told the children, that Jesus Christ is the ruler over the kings of the earth. He is the Almighty, and there is no place else, there is no one else that we are to put our trust and our hope in other than Jesus. So read with me, Revelation 1, beginning in verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold. He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. Then Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Father in heaven, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the message of hope and the promise of hope and victory that is already ours in Jesus Christ. We are not waiting for you to become victorious. We're not waiting for you to give us hope. You have already overcome death. You have already been victorious over your enemies. You have already given us a hope That is greater than any hope we could possibly have. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the hope we have in him, the promise we have in him, and the the victory we have in Jesus, who is the ruler of the kings of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the book of Revelation, we very often say... The book of Revelation, but we don't really qualify it beyond that. And we oftentimes think of the book of Revelation as a book about the Antichrist and about how the world's going to end and about all of these cataclysmic events that are going to happen. When in reality, this is called the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book was written for a very specific purpose 
The purpose of the book was to give the reader a revelation of Jesus Christ. This book comes with the promise of blessing to those who read it. It's the only book of the Bible actually that comes with that specific promise of a blessing to those who read and hear the words of this book. I would advise you to take advantage of that blessing and read and hear the words of this book. It was written in its day to the seven churches in Asia. In other words, it was written to seven specific churches. And the first three chapters record letters dictated by Jesus to the Apostle John Letters from Jesus to each of those churches. So it was written to the seven churches which are in Asia, but it was written for all the church throughout all the ages until Jesus comes again in glory and puts his last enemy underfoot. Do you know who the last enemy is that Jesus will put underfoot? Paul tells us this in, First Corinthians, in his letter to the Corinthians. Death is the final enemy. Death is the last enemy. When Jesus comes, he will put death underfoot, the last enemy. The fact that death is still running rampant throughout the earth does not mean Jesus is not victorious. He is victorious. And this is why he is called the firstborn from the dead. The revelation of Jesus Christ is for all the church, for all the ages, and it should give us hope beyond measure in the midst of our circumstance or our condition, no matter what that may be. The revelation of Jesus Christ gives us hope and gives us promise. We live in a world that is working overtime to make men believe that the only hope of salvation is in humanity, is in the kings of the earth. That is a lie. There is no king of this earth. There is no ruler of this earth. There is no man. There is no government. There is no system of man that can save us. That lie was foisted upon us by our enemy, the serpent, and it is the lie men still believe today and still promote to this day. So I want to focus on the opening declaration of who Jesus Christ is. He is the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is, in his own words, the Almighty. I want to, um, I was interested as we prayed today in the prayers of the people, the scripture there from Luke chapter 12. If you would just allow me, I want to read that to you again because it fits with exactly what we're saying here today, what we're talking about here today. Listen to the words of Jesus. I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Well, I want you to know that it is accomplished. Jesus went to the cross he died for us. He shed his blood for our sins. He uttered in his last words on that cross, it is finished. He goes on in this verse in Luke 12, Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all. 
but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three, father against son, father and mother against daughter and daughter against mother and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Then he also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There will be hot weather. And there it is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it you do not discern this time? How fitting a scripture, not just for today, but for the day that we live in. If there is ever a time when we must be discerning, it is today. You and I have never lived in a previous time. You and I will not live in a future time. You and I live in this time. This is our time of visitation on this earth. We live, I believe, in the greatest nation on the face of this earth. We have been afforded freedom upon freedom upon freedom, grace upon grace upon grace. We do not live in a perfect nation, far from it. We live in a flawed nation ruled by flawed men. But when you consider what's happening in many other parts of the world, let me ask you, American Is there any other nation on this earth you would rather live in today than the nation you live in now? Do you want to go live in Ethiopia? Do you want to go live in Somalia? Do you want to go live in a country where there is no government? Some people think that would be wonderful. But the reality is, where there is no government, where there is no order, there is chaos, there is anarchy. And what that means is, not that there's not a government, there's always a government. Do you realize that? There's always a government. Where there is no rule of law, it is government by might. Might makes right. Why did they burn down those churches? Because they could. Because they had the power and the might to do it. And they may think that their might and their power gives them the right to rule. And we may even be lulled into thinking that 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 is right. Not that it's right morally, but but that's, that's the way the world works that we live in. And there's nothing we can do about it. My point in reading you today, these scriptures, these verses, that specifically tell us that Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth, is to remind us, That the lie the world tells us is just that, it's a lie. That the things that go on in this world that are cruel and unjust will be made right one day. The people that literally get away with murder will give an account one day and they will answer for their murder if they don't repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ. And even then, there is a consequence to every action. And Jesus can forgive us, but he does not always deliver us from our consequences. 
This is important for all of us, young and old, to know, to realize. We live in a nation where we have been protected, where we have been shielded and sheltered from the rest of the world. We look at the world and we define it from American eyes and from an American point of view. We understand it as Americans that are shielded and sheltered here, protected by the grace of God. And God's grace is meant to protect us, but it was never meant to make us naive. It was never meant to make us complacent. It was never meant to make us apathetic. We were to never deny what was happening in the world. We were to discern what was happening and pray and work and fight and war accordingly. Because whether you believe we're in a battle or not, we are in a battle. We are in a warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, We walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, to cast down imaginations and arguments that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. They are mighty in God to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience. Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the Almighty. Jesus, in the words we just read in Luke, told his generation, you can discern the weather. You know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. You know whether it's going to rain or whether it's going to be sunny. You know whether it's going to be hot or not. But you can't discern the signs of the times. Church, if there are any people on planet Earth that need to be able to and willing to discern the times, it is us. We can't bury our heads in the sand. We can't pretend like we're protected from the world and the forces of the world. We don't live in a nation that is inherently friendly to Christ and the Christian faith any longer. Opposition is growing day by day. The question is, are we discerning the times? Do you know why we started Koinonia Classical Christian School? Because in discerning the times, we said it's time to begin to raise up a generation that will go into this world with the right attitude, with the right mindset, that's not afraid of the world, that's not afraid of the devil, that's not afraid of what man can do, but who believes in the power of God, who truly believes to the very core of their being that Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And he is ruling now. He's not waiting to rule one day. When he returns, he rules right now. All authority in heaven and on earth has already been given to him. And he has given that authority to his church. 
you are the church. You have been given the authority of Jesus. The question is, what are we doing with it? Are we enjoying it and it, the grace that comes with it so that we can just all live the American dream? Thinking that that dream is going to continue? I've got news for you. There are a bunch of Americans that are going to wake up one day and realize they're not in a dream. They're in a nightmare. And their worst nightmare has come true. Because it wasn't just a dream. It wasn't just a nightmare. It is the reality of the world we live in. That reality is fast coming to this nation. If you think churches being destroyed only happens in Ethiopia and China, you hold on. It may not happen in my lifetime. It may not happen in your lifetime. But if things don't change, these little babies are going to grow up in a nation vastly different than the one we grew up in. And we can't say we love our babies if we're not willing to do something to make a difference. And that something is believing and obeying what Jesus has told us to do. He has warned us. He has shown us. He has told us to discern the times. These are not just old, dusty sayings that apply to some time 2,000 years ago. This applies to us today. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He's not hidden in a tomb somewhere in the Middle East. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He has commanded us to go into this world and to make disciples. But he's not sent us without good news. He's not sent us without authority. He's not sent us without power. He has not sent us without the promise and the guarantee of victory. John writes here, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. What that means is Jesus has conquered death. What that means is we have no reason to fear it. What is the worst thing they can do? Kill us? Jesus said, do not fear those who have power to destroy your body. Fear him, rather, who has power to cast your soul into hell. No man has the power to cast your soul into hell. A man can take your life, he can take your head, he can take everything you own, but he cannot take your soul, he cannot take your salvation, he cannot rob you of the life, the eternal life that Jesus has given to you by grace through faith in him. Don't fear death. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, and he has conquered it. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. He's not waiting to rule. He rules right now. He rules over the kings of the earth. He rules over the entire earth and over all the creation. Don't look to another. Don't be fearful of any ruler, of any man. Jesus rules over all. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And everything in between. He is the Almighty. The force of that word, that term describing the Lord Jesus, is lost on us. 
the Almighty describes the one who has all power, all authority, and there is not anyone or anything even close to his power and his authority and his might that rules over everything. Don't be fooled by what you see. Don't be fooled by what you don't see. Know that he is the Almighty. And this Jesus, who is the firstborn from the dead, who is the ruler over the kings of the earth, who is the Almighty, this Jesus Christ has loved us, John writes. How much did he love us? He loved us enough to leave the glory of heaven and put on humanity, to put on human flesh and walk in a fallen world amongst fallen men and allow sinners to take him and crucify him on a cruel cross. He loved us enough to give his life for us. He loves us. He washed us, not with water, not with soap. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. The only thing that could cleanse us, the only thing that could take away the stain of sin. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests to our God, his Father. He has given us his authority to enforce his rule, his kingdom through the proclamation of the gospel. He has commanded us to go and to make disciples of the nation. He commands us to preach the gospel to every creature. He commands us to proclaim repentance of sins for the remission, for the forgiveness of sins. This Jesus, to this Jesus, Paul writes, John writes, be glory and dominion forever and ever. The glory and the dominion belong to Jesus because Jesus is the ruler. Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the almighty Glory and dominion belong to him forever and ever. This is our God. This is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our conquering king who is the faithful witness, the one who has defeated death, who now rules over the kings of the earth. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one who rules forever, ever, ever. Jesus Christ is ruling all things, and that is true whether men acknowledge it or not. It doesn't matter, and we encounter this in all sorts of ways. In this new age of social media where the world is changing quicker than we can even imagine, 
where things that we have taken for granted and believed would last forever are quickly passing away if they're not already gone. It doesn't matter whether it's a troll on Facebook who thinks he's so much smarter and so much wiser than you or me, who does not believe in the Word of God but believes only in his own words, who does not believe in the God who created him, only in the God he has created in himself and for himself. Jesus is ruling over that self-appointed king and his self-appointed kingdom. And it doesn't matter whether men realize that or not. Jesus is ruling over them. It doesn't matter if it's the Chinese president and the atheist communist Chinese government. And they have all the Christians in China arrested and all the churches destroyed. It doesn't matter. Jesus is ruling over that Chinese president. He is ruling over that Chinese communist government. Whether they believe in him or not, whether they acknowledge him or not, it matters not. Jesus is ruling over them. And one day they will give an account, an answer to the ruler of the kings of the earth. And that's true for the Chinese. It's true for the Ethiopians. It's true for the Muslims. It's true for anyone and everyone that persecutes God and God's people who denies Christ and the Christ of the Bible. It doesn't matter who they are, rich or poor. It doesn't matter. They will one day give an account because Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. It doesn't matter if it's the media conspiring to overthrow our constitution and our way of life with the freedoms that are afforded to us by the grace of God and the blood of martyrs through the centuries. Jesus is ruling over the kings of the earth with their media empires. Google and Facebook and others have their algorithms at work They block the content they don't want you exposed to and they promote the content they choose in order to shape your thoughts and your opinions. They seek to control the narrative as if it is their story. It is not. It is his story. Remember that his word is infinitely more powerful than all of their words in print, in cyberspace. It doesn't matter The word of God is more powerful than all the world, the words the world can muster together in opposition to God. Men have established themselves as the self-appointed saviors of the world. Man seeks to save us from God and from his holy word to protect us from the brutality and the hate of God's word because God's word calls Sin, sin. Man seeks to save us from the gospel of Christ by promoting another gospel. Man seeks to be saved from the absolute standard of truth in the scripture by replacing it with a a convenient lie that eases man's conscience and justifies man's sin. Good is called evil, and evil is called good. In the name of love, that is anything but love, it is hatred. Hatred of God and hatred of man. Men blatantly deny science by calling human beings in the womb blobs of meaningless tissue. I just had someone literally tell me that 
less than two weeks ago. It's not a baby. It's a blob of meaningless tissue. And when they can no longer promote that lie, they promote the idea that it is a right to kill certain human beings who are physically dependent, physically and mentally less developed, and physically unable to care for themselves. They just happen to be in the womb, and that makes it okay. But when will it, when will it move from the womb to those outside the womb that are too young or too old? who aren't worth wasting our resources on because they're not contributing to society. Do you know there are people who would say that could never happen, yet it happened less than 70 years ago, less than a century ago. It's happened. It's happening still. In our modern age, it's happened. They promote this culture of murder under the banner of women's health, reproductive rights, and equality. It is to apply to all except for those victims that will be murdered in those wombs. While they are murdering 3,000 human beings in the womb every day on average, think about that. A 9-11 happens in wombs all across this nation every day, every day day on average 3,000 babies are murdered every day can you imagine the outcry in this nation if we had a 9-11 happen every day can you imagine what this nation would rise up and do to stop that kind of carnage yet because it's in the womb we pretend like it doesn't matter but it does matter And it's having an effect. While they murder 3,000 human beings in the womb every day, men lament about violence in our society. And we wonder why we live in a violent society, in a society that has no value for life. In appearing to be pro-life, they would take away our right of self-protection, ensured by our founding fathers against godless tyrants and oppressors. These self-appointed kings who have murdered millions of defenseless babies in the name of human rights want us to believe that they will protect us. Their declarations of protection are promoted all the while they are working to manipulate and control us for their own power and their own enrichment. Now men may be doing that out of their sinful humanity to gain power and control, but don't think there is not a spiritual force of wickedness behind all of this that's taking place. Our battle, Paul writes in Ephesians, is not with flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. It manifests in the flesh. But ultimately, we fight a spiritual battle. It doesn't mean we don't fight in this tangible world we live in through tangible means. We fight at the ballot box. We fight on battlefields. We fight in the the battlefield of ideas. We fight by contending for the faith. We fight by educating ourselves. We fight by 
reading the scripture, by praying the scripture, by being filled with the spirit. We fight by proclaiming the gospel and knowing that it's not our power, it's not our words, but it is the power of the gospel and only the power of the gospel that can set men free. We're in a battle, we're in a war. This is the same strategy the serpent used with Adam and Eve in the garden. These kings of the earth are empowered by the lie of the serpent. They are no different than Cain who murdered his brother. They are no different than Pharaoh who oppressed God's people. They are no different than the Caesars of the Roman Empire who demanded the the declaration that Caesar is Lord. This is why the statement Jesus is Lord is an inherently political declaration. The Christians weren't persecuted because they believed in Jesus. They were persecuted because they would not declare that Caesar is Lord. Their declaration is Jesus is Lord. Okay, but just say Caesar is Lord too. No, can't do it because Caesar is not Lord. You realize this is what the government wants you to do today. Whether they say it overtly or not, whether they come out and say, declare your government is Lord, that's really what they're doing. They're doing it in insidious ways. They're doing it in ways that are bringing us to a place of, in reality, living as though the government is Lord. But don't buy the lie. The government is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus and God, the God of creation, the Lord Jesus has ordained governments and authorities for the people Not governments and authorities to oppose the people and to oppose God himself. They're no different than the Nazis and the communists who within the last 70 years, I want you to think about this, within the last 70 years, let's let's give it 80 years, within the last 80 years, from 1939 until the present, there have been well over 100 million people slaughtered in the name of the state, in the name of preserving the state, of protecting the nation. Doesn't matter whether it was the communists in the Soviet Union or in Cambodia or in China, or the Nazis across Europe. Just in the last 80 years, over 100 million people were slaughtered by the government to protect the people and to preserve the state. These are the same as any other ancient or modern-day dictator seeking power for themselves and for their cronies at the expense of all else. These kings of the earth are the same as we have always seen. Today, they are tyrants disguised as elected officials, media and tech giants. They are the elite pretending to care about the people they deem too stupid or too ignorant to know better. Don't think that's a lie. I sat for two hours at a table talking to a lady from New York when I went to a wedding in Pennsylvania this summer. 
one of the nicest ladies you'll ever meet. But she literally thinks that people here in Texas in the South are just ignorant rednecks. She feels sorry for us. She can't understand why we would want to own a gun. She can't understand why we believe in a God. In fact, she thinks that it's dangerous for us to even have power to vote and to choose our leaders because we're like little children who don't know what we're doing. We need someone who knows better to choose for us because we're not capable of making wise choices for ourselves. The sad thing is, she's not an isolated case. These are the people that rule our nation. These are the people that control Washington who think that we are a bunch of ignoramuses down here who don't know any better. And we need people who know better to make the laws and make the choices. But what do we know? Well, if you know the Bible and you believe the Bible, you know that Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And it's not in the wisdom of man, but it's in the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. But they cannot understand that and don't try to make them understand that because they are blind. They seek to manipulate a populace through fear and intimidation by manufacturing fear and false crises like global warming or climate change. They highlight violence and promote differences to create division instead of unity. They manipulate people emotionally through images and narratives they create in order to shape thoughts and opinions to fit their agenda. They do all of this in the name of human care and compassion to empower themselves because they believe, or maybe they don't, that they know better. By convincing people that salvation will only come through the self-serving policies created and developed by these earthly kings, they are able to empower themselves through the oppression of those they pretend to want to save. This has been the way of sinful man since the beginning of time, and it continues today, though never without hope. Do you hear me, church? Never without hope. We have never been without hope. There is always hope. Jesus rules over the kings of the earth. God will not be mocked. In fact, God is the one mocking these men who have appointed themselves the saviors of the world. We live in a world where, where man is God, man in his own Savior, where the glory and the dominion belong to him, he believes. Through his own human wisdom and intellect, he believes. Man believes he can destroy the world and he believes he can save the world. Man is convinced of his own deity, whether he realizes it or not. The nations rage, the people plot vain things, and the kings take their stand against God and against his Christ. This is exactly what David wrote in Psalm 2. Listen to the words of King David, Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Here's God's response to that. He sits in the heavens and laughs. The Lord shall hold them in derision. That word derision there means 
he will mock them. While they mock God, they can mock God all they want. The Bible says God is the one that will be laughing. God is the one who will mock them one day. Because what they plot, what they rage against, what they set themselves against is all in vain. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. This is the warning of the Lord. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Who are you trusting in today? Are you buying into the fear and the manipulation of this world system? Are you believing the lies that come across your television and come across your social media fees? Or do you believe God and his word? Do you believe that man is ruling this earth? Do you believe that there is a God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the ruler of the kings of this earth? And they only rule at his pleasure. That in any given moment, he could depose any one of them. He could remove any one of them. And everything they do, whether they realize it or not, they do for his purpose, for his plan. The world wants us to live in fear, to cower down and to keep our faith and our Christ to ourselves. Keep your religion in the four walls of this building, they say. Don't bring your Christ to, church, to work with you on Monday morning. You keep him in church on Sunday morning, as long as we let you have church. Do you know in America it is illegal in some states to have Bible studies in your home? There are neighborhoods, there are towns where you cannot have Bible studies in your home because it's having a church in your home and that's against the neighborhood rules and regulations. There's actually been places taken to, to court over this. The very things I'm saying to you today would be considered, it would get me arrested in China. I mean, they'd come right in and just put me right in jail. No questions asked. Say, well, that's China, Pastor Jeff. It's never going to happen to him in America. Really? That's the way it was in America before we had a revolution. Just saying. You don't think history can repeat itself? It has repeated itself throughout the centuries. And it will continue to repeat itself. Do you know why history repeats itself? The Bible gives us the answer. History repeats itself because man forgets. You know what I'm trying to do today? I'm trying to remind you so you don't forget. The world wants us to live in fear, to cower down, to keep our faith and our Christ to ourselves. But God calls us to live differently than the world. God calls us to live boldly and courageously and loudly, I might add, for him. We are commanded to proclaim his word with boldness, 
to preach the gospel to every creature, to make disciples of all the nations, and to be witnesses to him in all of our life, in everything we do. Even as we speak, the world is attempting to control the narrative on all things. Man believes he has the power to shape the conversation, to control the flow of information. Man pridefully believes he holds the power to save or to destroy this world. The world wants us to believe that our only hope for salvation is in what man can do. The world believes the power is in humanity. It is not. Our power is in God who formed and created humanity and everything else. In ourselves, we are powerless. In him, we are powerful. In Christ, we are more powerful than we can imagine. The Bible says in Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings of the earth, the almighty we are loved, we are washed, we have been made kings and priests to our God. We have been commanded to go to proclaim the hope of his gospel, to make disciples of the nation. He is ruling now, he is coming, John writes. We have no reason to be fearful of anyone or anything except him if we are living opposed to him. And I pray we are not. So let's prepare our hearts to come to the table and to partake of the bread and the cup that proclaimed to us his body and his blood. The king, the ruler, ruler of the kings of the earth who gave his life for us and shed his blood for us that we might be free. And I pray you are, as you are trusting in Jesus, free. And if you're not trusting in Jesus, then trust in Jesus and be free. And join the fight and oppose this world system and the darkness of this world and the powers and the principalities that would stamp out the gospel. But don't worry, they can't do it. The gospel has and will continue to overcome all things. So church, Christian, come to the table. Come to Jesus. Let's all stand. The Bible commands us to pray for those in authority over us. The Bible commands us to pray for kings and rulers. It commands us to recognize the God-given authority. But above that earthly authority is the authority of God. Above every earthly ruler, there is the ruler of the kings of the earth. That is the one we look to ultimately. That is the one from whom all authority comes. The world and man in his pride has fallen and will fail in its attempt to rule and control all. That is the sin of man from the beginning. His lust for control ushered in the very fall, the very sin we struggle with still. The enemy and his pride still attempts to thwart the plan and the purpose of God, but that is impossible. 
Nothing and no one can thwart the plan of God. His purpose is unstoppable, and we should never, ever doubt that. It doesn't matter what we see. Never doubt the unstoppable plan and purpose of God. This is not the time for Christians to be quiet and timid. Just the opposite. It is not a matter of convincing men or overcoming the excuses for rejecting the truth. It is a matter of the gospel being preached and proclaimed and lived as loud as possible. And clear, loud and clear through our lives, in our homes, in our churches, and in all of our daily life. That means we need to live our lives in accordance with God's word and the example of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not only what we say, but it's how we live. We need to live boldly for Christ. We need to let his way, his truth, and his life shine through us in all that we do, even if it brings a division. That division must come. The wheat must be separated from the tear. The light must be separated from the darkness. It is inherently what happens. God has charged us all to be a powerful, genuine, and faithful witness of his truth and of his love. We must let the world see his love in us through our uncompromising life of faith and truth in Jesus Christ. Spread the good news. Spread the hope to a hopeless world. Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Take heart and hold on to the hope found only in him. Put your hope in no other. He alone is the Almighty. Amen.